covering all your favorite parts of the 50-yard fight. This is the Inside the Walls podcast with Zach Heilman and Jim Bernier. people someone's back in studio with us the first time in a little bit it's my good buddy my good friend my good co-host jim Renier's back as we welcome in fans of the 50-yard fight to our latest edition of inside the walls where we have both of us in studio jim i'm so glad to have you back on buddy where, where you been man How are oh you doing? well first off shady's back back again <laughs> i'll tell a friend um but i've been away i've been very busy i work for the postal service and this is peak season so if you're bitching about your packages ladies and gentlemen don't blame me blame the people who ship it um <laughs> i just deliver it <laughs> um but um this past month has been busy with me on the work front and a lot of stuff behind the scenes personally too that i had to get everything situated and a month later it's getting back to where I can actually know when I can get back to my passion. And that's talking about sports with my podcast and our association with our colleagues over at belly up. And of course, dealing with this podcast and the league of the national arena league, which we're going on, I think maybe seven weeks since the uh, pod, uh, since the national arena league's Twitter account's been suspended by Twitter. So we'll keep hitting that note. Um, but I left for a while to get my situation straight. They, the NAL, they just got suspended. So, um, I, let's just say I came back for the NAL did. <laughs> so, um, so yes, the, I've seen comments on Twitter. I've seen things on Facebook about why Zach doing the show solo. And first off, I want to say, Zach, three episodes, four episodes you've done by yourself. Again, very informative. Uh, good shows. You got good interviews with Maxwell, Jeremiah Spencer. And, of course, the – well, we're back to six teams again. And right, right. It's just – it's – it's it was so hard not to be in there because there were so many opinions I had, and you said that I think Jim will have the same opinions as me on certain subjects, and I'm like, well, I could tell that me and you've done too many podcasts together already. <laughs> I was like, well, well, he's he's on the point there. Um, but first off, it's I'm glad to be back. I will just say I may not be here every single week, but most likely because peak season is starting to. Well, it's still peak season until sure, Christmas holidays and everything, you know. but I do know once football season, our football season gets here, that's indoor football, arena football or the national arena league. Uh, I'll be here every week back at it again and talking about the sport that we cover. So yeah, it's been an interesting month, but that's a subject that I want to not really, really talked about, but want to say something about it, but sure. Um, I just want to get- sit. You deserve some time on. I mean, it's been a minute, so yeah. It's just want to say out there, people. uh, If you're dealing with anything mental, like mental depression, or you think that the whole world's crashing on you, um, remember there are people out there that will talk to you, 
and get you your intervention and help Absolutely. you on your way. Um, my intervention was kind of actually it was me doing something stupid, but I kind of look at it this way. It was me reaching out for help without saying I'm reaching out for help and had a couple of colleagues of mine get me on this, a zoom call and talk about it. And it really came into a point where I was having too much stuff on my plate and responsibilities for multiple things was just getting crushed. And my personal life was getting crushed and my mental state of mind was just to shut down. Like I'm, I'm done. I can't do it. And just stepping back and stepping away and trusting people who I brought on with our association outside, inside the walls, I've been taking care of myself and it's actually done a lot better than me. I know my Twitter um, activity has been down a lot for my personal Twitter account at the J dash show. Mm -hmm. And that's because that's a reason like I tweet here and there, but I, I work 15 hour days. And when I get home, it's nine o'clock at night. So I miss all the freaking football games and basketball games, hockey games that a normal person may watch. Um, so I'm catching up on news at the same time. And of course, I download podcasts that I listen to, Gridiron Gallery, uh, Hilo Sports, uh, Inside the Walls, that keep up because I'd rather listen to the coverage of the people I know. And right. Right. the reason why I was gone, I'm just telling you, ladies and gentlemen. If you have any type of mental issue, you may not even know you have a mental issue. I didn't know I had a mental problem. Um, but mentality, if you're not 100%, talk to somebody. Because the first thing that you start canceling out to trying to betterment yourself is something that will actually help someone. Let's say for me, it was taking out my passion first. And that was podcasting. And that was the association, the website that we ran before. And I didn't know that that was connected to so many people and a lot of people get aggravated with that. And just saying that being mentally sound doesn't mean you can keep it in. Um, mental, mental disorders lead to a lot of things. And if you don't get ahead of it early, it will honestly, it can kill you inside to a point where it can take someone's life or take your life or take your loved one's life. Mine wasn't that serious. Let's just say it came to a point where I couldn't afford a cheeseburger at McDonald's and I was operating a website and four podcasts. What thing, what, what you think came first to me? I mean, it's, it's get yeah. something to eat food mm -hmm. and the burden of that and watching everything happen and then having that intervention intervention with Kelsey and uh, you and Hector and Matt from the unhinged side of things really opened my mind. Like I need to take care of myself first yes. a month, a month later with the new job and all I'm going to honestly say that I haven't been in, I haven't ate at McDonald's in over a month. Um, I opened up my refrigerator and there's food there. So that's good. And bills are paid and mm -hmm. I'm starting to get my life in order. Now my passion of my podcast, like I, I'm not used to doing this. I, I'm used to talking about sports, talking with great people I know in the community, just not in the national arena league, but everywhere else. 
And that's like, I need to get back to my thing. So me and my co-host from the Jade Ash show, Carlos, me and him are both delivery drivers. He works with uh, Amazon and I'm a postal employee. So we're in peak season right now. So when we get messages like, why are you guys not doing the podcast? We're like, we're too, deli- we're too busy delivering your sex toys at 10 o'clock at night to your house. <laughs> so I'm going to go another week, week and a half, almost two weeks, well, technically almost two weeks mm-hmm. uh, without another day off because it's peak season. And doing podcasting and doing the NAL coverage, top of with working and top of personal issues, it was just crushing me. And you don't have, you know, mental, mental illness is so different this day and age that 20 years ago or in the 90s when you were you you're mentally not stable and you always you know breaking down you you had maybe had a father or a brother say you know what you fell down get your ass up and go get back to work um this day and age you can't really do that because we've learned so much where a lot of issues in today's society begin with people that keep stuff in and me stepping back away from my passions you know I love my what I do. I love podcasting. But if I'm not going to be 100% fully invested in the podcasting, why should I do it and be a burden to it and let it down? Luckily for me, I've made some great friends in the community of both of my podcasts and the Unhinged Belly Up and people here in the National Arena League that, you know, they say, hey, Jim, take what take as many days or many weeks you want off to get your stuff situation, uh, situated and fixed. Take care of yourself first. Right, and buddy. come I mean, back. I want you on here so that we can. Oh know, yeah, this is a long-term thing you and I are looking at. Oh know, yeah, like... true. Um, but it's just uh, it's a month, a month and a half off. Uh, the J Dash show will return uh in New Year's. I uh, mean, Carlos have already pinned that down, dropping New Year's Eve, um, where we've already titled our first episode. It's like we don't give a f about your deliveries. <laughs> That's the title <laughs> of the episode, and we're basically going to do a whole hour podcast of just. Uh, ripping um, the two uh, the companies that we w- or work with or associated with, and we'll have a friend of ours, uh, one one of my friends who actually works for another delivery company, joining us. So, uh, so it'll be a very interactive, very entertaining episode when we relaunch the JS show. Um, but honestly, if you have any problems out there, ladies and gentlemen, reach out, talk to somebody, or do something that will make people notice that you need help. And those are the things that can change your life to environment. So a lot of my situation, I got to thank the guys from Unhinged. Uh, they really me, fixed everything for me. To me, it's just don't be afraid to ask for help, too. You know? Yeah. That's that's That was one thing we stressed with you, as I know you've already mentioned that I was in that. Because we were just like, you know, just make sure you take, like I said, take care of yourself. And make sure, like, hey, if you really, like, take a deep, hard look at what's going on, if you realize, like, hey, I have a good support system like that, that support system will help you back. Which is what we were trying to do. You know, mm-hmm. so that's that's how we looked at. It. I'm just glad you're back here on a show. That's what I huh. will say in this. I'm glad that I'm hearing since we've talked off the show, you have been doing much better, and you know that's going to help with us knocking and knocking this out and kicking ass on doing our second season together with you and I. Yeah, that's true. To it. And the second season with six teams. Yeah, with six teams. <laughs> We went just, from just one difference, just one difference in who's on the roster, though. It's a yeah. We went westward. from <laughs> if we went from six teams plus West Virginia plus maybe another expansion team to oh, welcome San Antonio. Why, well, by the way, welcome San Antonio. Welcome to the National Arena League and welcome to the Inside the Walls podcast, where we might critique you and we might promote you depending on the day and the week it is. Uh, mm-hmm. um, and now, then it's 
six. Like six. It's back to six. We went from we went from eight two weeks ago. Seemed like two six. And yeah. And I know I know I've seen on Twitter. I've seen on Facebook. I've seen on everywhere. People are just like, what the hell is the NAL doing? Well, NAL right now is too busy. Don't <laughs> I was like, I've been told by people in the Jacksonville organization. One of the reasons why they got Twitter back on is because we were calling them out because of Twitter. Um, <laughs> well, stand by national, uh, stand by national arena league. You are next. It's the words of Goldberg. You're next. You are definitely next. That uh, <laughs> I, if people haven't noticed already or not, somehow the Twitter of the National Arena League got suspended only shortly after the Jacksonville Sharks got it back up. Yeah, so now it was asking, what's going on, guys? <laughs> it's not blocked. It's a hard suspension, meaning your profile no longer exists. Uh, that you can't have that happen. I don't know what really happened. And uh, I mean, we can probably uh, we, figure that out. <laughs> we, we mentioned it off, off the air, like what happens if this is just an IFL plan to take down the NAL? I mean, yeah, you want to play, <laughs> you want to play tinfoil hack conspiracy theorist. Yeah. <laughs> you could do that. I guess. Cause remember a couple months ago, Twitter and Facebook, they changed their algorithms because they're trying to stop fake news. Maybe the IFL said, Hey, that's a fake football league. And the Twitter's like, we'll help you. Bam. Submit it. <laughs> so instantly. <laughs> <laughs> um, in the back there, you got Doctor Evil, aka the Arizona Rowlers. Yes, yes, Mister Powers, you have no autonomy anymore. I'm gonna create this big laser called Twitter Spam. <laughs> <laughs> Um, either way they need to figure that out like you can't have that and that's this is, this goes back to to episodes where we've talked about optics and people's PR yeah. of the league like that that just doesn't fly that shouldn't fly so yeah, it doesn't fly because this is our new campaign to start saying like, Hey, NAL, we know you listen to this show. Yeah. Uh, you need to get that up ASAP. That needs to but happen. It, here's the thing. The season starts, which is funny. Is that we were talking how we were bashing the Jacksonville sharks, the Jacksonville sharks, get their Twitter account back and bam, they're instantly the most followed organization in the league. Why? Cause they had 10,000 people that followed before they get suspended. And we hear the NAL's like, yes, we got 10,000 more followers. And then the NAL closes up. Well, we lost 4,000. There it goes. Yeah. Like, um, I'm afraid they bring back the NAL. Someone else may get suspended. Maybe Albany or Albany, depending on what part of the country you're in. Yeah, but. But, see, like, but see, like I can see like Ron Tradico and and company like Nathan Sterling and all them. They, they would be they've been doing great. Like yeah. well, at least those that are associated with it, because I know the Predators like Ron isn't officially fully running with them. That's yeah. You know, that's more that's more the cha- that's more the others that they started out with. But those guys like any ones that have been Ron associated, their socials great. At least to me, it's the best in the NAL. Uh, yeah. the, the Gunslingers done an excellent job so far on their Facebook and part of their Instagram. They're getting a Twitter. And then the Sharks and Cobras, you know, they have good following. They've been all right, uh, I will say. Um, graphics department isn't the best compared to the other two, but they're, they, they're doing consistent posting. Mm-hmm. So, like, <laughs> if that were to happen to Ron and company, they would easily bring it back. I'm just sitting here going, why is it a delay to get, like, the league's own account? count back and i think it comes back to like how the teams more operate the league where it's teams just are individualist and then mm-hmm. you know they come together of course for these league meetings once in a while and then and then of course chris siegfried's there to it's you know obviously he's the voice of the league but he more takes votes and listens to the owners like he does as a more bare bones commissioner is how i see it it doesn't feel like the league has its own bigger presence like say how the ifl is promoting itself yeah but what one thing that's different which i think is kind of odd because twitter will twitter will suspend profiles that violated so many rules yeah but 
usually you don't get suspended instantly. You get a 30 day ban. You get the first hammer. Then the next hammer is the suspension. Mm-hmm. We're beyond 30 days. So the NAL's Twitter account got suspended. Like either someone flagged them or I don't know. Maybe there's an inside job to take down the NAL. Well, that, uh, but what I don't get is like what got them flagged. But I the thing, nothing, but the I've thing, seen nothing that would have gotten them flagged up until that point. Correct. Because everything they post on Facebook goes on Twitter. It's the exact mm-hmm. same thing. It's like carbon copy. If they did have Instagram guaranteed the same boring post too. Um, like getting game recaps three days after the game's over, like it yeah, kind of late. I hope that um, changes this year, or we will like, advocate for it still. Um, it change. <laughs> uh, maybe the reason why the Jacksonville Sharks decided to get their ca- Twitter account back is because I basically yells like, "If not, I'm going to start doing it." And they're like, "Oh, we don't want Jim to be the representative of the Jacksonville Shark." <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just for me. How does a professional football league get their Twitter account suspended? I, I don't know. And I, I hope that us talking about it more kind of accelerates that. Like we were saying how you're talking of that help with Jacksonville. Yeah. You know, I mean, I'll, I'm fine with taking that credit because that's a thing that's like, hey, like we, this is helping the league get established and grow. I know the Sharks are the most established team in terms of following mm-hmm. in the NAL, but that still needs to be a thing that well, be uh, yeah, following. So, I was going to say, well, Columbus has a fun, but you were talking, you're talking about, you know, the I'm fan base. And then, yeah. Following. Yeah. Like, yeah. The Columbus says, if you want to talk dedication, we can have this argument all day long. And of course, fans can do it too on their online. Yeah. But like social following wise, like we know the Sharks have the largest following out of all the teams right yeah. now. So you have to have that. So like the NAL is the same thing. It's like not having Twitter you should have your Twitter up. It helps. Yeah. And your rivals have all these all these accounts open and are kicking. And your rivals are kicking field. your ass in that field. Yes. So why are you not getting this up? Sorry, I was being blunt, field? but that's I'm saying the truth. There's no ifs about about it. Yes. Well, the, the, and this yeah, this continues the thing with our points of like the end of the year recaps on what we need to see improved. That's still I haven't seen any proof that that's improving yet which makes me think that that won't improve this year. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe the flip of the calendar goes to like March when, or like late March when they're supposedly going to do mm-hmm. the schedule that we're hearing about or so, well, at least it's being floated. It's not yeah. confirmed or anything. I've, like, I've heard, yeah. I've heard a few things. I've heard 14 game season. I've heard 12 game season. So yeah, that's, that's been between those two. It's, yeah, we're waiting on that as well, which uh, you know, hopefully that comes before the flip of the calendar as well. Because, because we don't still, we know we have six teams guaranteed, but there could be a seventh team out there. We just don't know if that's going to be this year or not. And yeah. that's what's holding it up. And I think the deadline's here in a couple of days. So we'll know within a week uh, when everything's all said and done. I just don't want to see if we're going to do three game seasons, like uh, not season, three game series between, between your between teams, which is I think would be 15 game regular season. Mm-hmm. That, that that's okay, but one thing I really like, you can find a way to do a fourteen game season and have one team on your schedule. Like, let's say play four times. I like, mean, they, I, I can deal with yeah. that. Like, Jacksonville, Orlando could play each other four times to play everyone else twice. Sure, I mean they did and something. It, they did something like that last year where not everyone played each other equal amount. Exactly. So they can do it again. Although I think they want equal amounts to make it easier for playoff implications and things mm-hmm. like that. Is how I would do it. Yeah, you, you have your like for perfect schedule. I'd like that. Twelve. If you're gonna have a twelve game series season series, 
Wow. Uh, the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> let's don't be the, this will be the AFL in its final years have a two game, like freaking this ain't the MLS. We ain't doing no aggregate thing. Sure. Um, have that, like you can do that for 12 game season and have a cross league opponent that you play multiple times. Jacksonville to Orlando would be a perfect setup because it's a state of Florida and it's easy travel. You can have maybe Columbus and Carolina. That's easy. And unfortunately, the other two would be San Antonio and or Albany. That'd be a hell of a travel. But you can find that cross opponent that you could play four times and you play everyone else twice. So it will make. Yes, the tiebreakers won't you know, be. Someone's going to benefit because we, you might have a team, for instance, you might have a Jacksonville Jaguars this year in the NAL, and the best team in the league might be playing that team as a cross opponent and playing four times. Right. You're giving them four wins. So, yeah, that might not be as good, but it's, when you have six games, six teams, you play each other twice, that's a 10 game schedule. Mm-hmm. That's not big enough. Like, yeah, if we just yeah. went through an eight game, 10 game, okay, we just add two. I I think we're going to be a 14 game season, and I guarantee we're going to have either, um, a, you're going to have two teams that you're playing more than twice, two times, because they've done that before. The NL has had teams play each other three times before. Sure. I mean, we're going to, we should have more than 10 games this year. Just yeah, because yeah. You also get more revenue back. Like, they're trying to, you want to build the coffers back up. You know, last mm-hmm. year it was we need to get the seat. We need to get something out there because we can't do two years gone by. Yeah. You know, and they pulled and I the wanna, and got it done. But this and year, I, yeah, yeah, this I agree year with about you. building up back the same momentum you had like at post twenty nineteen, and showing that we have revenues that are being made and that we have those post COVID numbers getting upwards is how I look at it. Yeah, and also, I want to see. I, I don't want to take a shot at the Carolina Cobras here, but if you're in the playoffs. If my wild playoff bracket never comes to form, um, but we've talked about that. Uh, but if you're going to do the, the traditional four at one, three at two, an extended season gives a chance for that four seed to at least be a 500 team. Sure. Like five, like six and six, seven and seven. Yeah, I know Carolina made last year, but two wins and you're a po- playoff team is just, it's just. Well, it's because of the short eight one eight week season. I'm just a person. I'm a traditionalist. I didn't like when the New Orleans Saints made the playoffs with a losing record a couple of years ago. And in the NBA, you see it all the time where half the Eastern Conference has losing records and they make the playoffs. I just don't like teams with losing records making the postseason and having a extended season of 14 games and the six game six team schedule. You're putting more of that that four seed team being right at 500, and you give it actually puts more of an emphasis that you want to be a top four except for the bottom two. Right. I mean, they were, they were three and five, but like, here's my thing to count. Oh yeah. They're three and five. We were two and six. Yeah. Two and six with a Jersey (laughs) fight. And you guys were actually six of six. (laughs) Sorry. Sorry. Jags or sharks fans out there. But, um, look, my thing with that is, is that last year you saw a top heavy league, which is why that happened. Because Mm -hmm. when you have Albany and Columbus finishing a combined 13 and three, Pretty sure it's going to be hard for any of the bottom four to crack 500 or to keep it where the top four are. I mean, the fact that the Predators rallied at the end and finished four and four, which they could have been five and three if they had not dropped against Carolina, by the way, in the final week of the year. Um, I mean, I was that's the only reason I was okay with it was because I think we were either way going to see that. Um, it's just that, you know, 
it's with six teams, it's more likely to happen that way. But that's the only problem. But that's why we hope, I think, with eight, you know, you want to see that where it's more winning records, more diversity in the schedule and such. More locations, of course, brings in more fans, too. Mm-hmm. You know, I think we'll be susceptible to that again, although I think uh, the top heaviness might be more balanced out with how the transactions have been this offseason. At least yeah. four, four of the teams have been heavily getting rearmed right now. Yeah. Right now, you want to talk about transactions. Um, just going to say right now, the Albany Empire, congratulations on winning the championship next year or this last year. Uh, you now have the target on your back. Yeah. The Jacksonville Sharks are no longer the team with the target on their back. That's why when you're a defending champion, you never see a lot of reaches champions in any league. It's because the defending champion is the team to beat. Because there's a saying if you want to be the man, you got to beat the man. Right. And for if you look at the so far on the transaction list over the last couple of weeks, there's been some intriguing signings. And based on just paper alone right now, I am going to say the Caroline Cobras are not playing around this offseason. I, and I think, I think they're going to make a massive jump with the talent that they have on both yes. sides of the ball. It and it's, and also they're they're also an, an AL champion, so they've won championships before in this league. But if you look. You look at their linebacker core right after right right now, like Nick Hag and Zach Brown. Like, come on, they were literally the two best linebackers or Mac linebackers and Jack linebackers in the league last year. Yeah, Zach Brown was with the Sharks, but he was a damn he's a damn good Mac, and Nick is a damn good Jack. So that linebacker core, even though people say linebackers don't count in the in, in the arena game, this ain't the IFL and the NAL, they actually do matter. Um. That Carolina defense, that especially just the linebackers by themselves, are they ain't playing around. And that receiver core, it just got better. And people, we mentioned it earlier last year that DJ Myers, I think, got second team honors, and we think he should have got first team honors. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought he got cheap shot. I think he was one, maybe. Honestly, could have been one of the best receivers in the league last year, or the best, because if you didn't watch him every single day, game, he was tearing up any defender he played. So you look at Carolina, their receiving core, holy crap. They, my, they've been, my God, Jim. I mean, they got DJ Myers, and they brought back Kendrick Ings. So yes. not only do you have an excellent you know, inside more slot guy if you wanted, or someone that can be more from the kind of the waggle, but mm-hmm. you know, you'll be able to have one of, if not the best return man in the NAL. That'll be coming back. And they and got a quarterback now. Coming in. Yeah. And now they got a, a legit experienced quarterback. With Jonathan Bain. Yes. <laughs> to go on to that. Like, wow. You know. Like their offense is not the can they gain three yards on a quarterback rush from last year, then fumble the ball, and then they're down by three scores. Like it, it, we remember watching the Caroline Co- Cobras last year, like in week five, we basically, I did, I called them out. It's like, you're the only team that's not making any transactions. You are a bad organization. They made a few transactions and all of a sudden they made the playoffs and they were much that last final five weeks of the season. Plus the playoffs, they were completely 180 from their early season. selves. They, yeah, they were wreaking havoc at the end of the year. <laughs> and now you look at the team that right now, just based on the transactions, they, this doesn't mean they've made the roster yet or made the team itself. They've already, the, their offense has already improved tremendously. Well, they, and we're not even in freaking January. So here's two that I find that are really key to me. 
that one of them didn't even get to play a full season. Joe Powell is not going to be, it looks like, uh, back because like he's going to be gone. But however, you replace that with Joe Harris, <laughs> at least. Mm-hmm. So you get to fill in pretty pretty well there. You know, and, and then Chris Page also, by the way, who was with Orlando last year. I mean, those are those two won't be aren't going to be slouches. Yeah, and I think Carolina right now, just based on transactions, and I know we might have fans out there. It's like, well, we, we got this guy back, or we got this. And I know if San Antonio fans who are listening right now, well, thank you for the download. Welcome to the show. Honestly, I'm going to be honest with you guys. I look at your transaction list, and this must be a lot of players that played for you last year. Um, I, I want to say due diligence. I haven't watched a lot of film on you guys yet because I've been very busy. I'm just going to say a lot of my observations is that, okay, I see some of the players, they play at Texas Tech or University of Texas San Antonio. I, I've noticed that a lot of these guys are local. So it, it, over time, I'll get to know you guys. But that's why I'm not going to hold my judgment on you guys right now. I'm not going to judge you based on your roster changes right now. But um, overall, San Antonio has been signing players like crazy. Yeah. Now, before my opinion, I know a lot of people know, everybody knows, I love, I'm a Jacksonville Sharks fan. Malik Henry and Jonathan Bain, two quarterbacks, both played on the same team last year, the Frisco Fighters. They're now both in the NAL. Correct. And, of course, Jacksonville also got back Devin Wilson. Honestly, Devin, a great guy, one of the best receivers in the league. He's an NAL MVP. He wasn't the same guy last year because of the turmoil that was the quarterback position in Jacksonville. Malik Henry, even though he's not a big name, he is that flashy name from Last Chance U, but don't be surprised if Malik Henry comes to Jacksonville and Jacksonville looks like Jacksonville old. Jacksonville's returned all the receivers back, by the way. All the quality as well to yes. go with that. And a guy that I want you guys to keep an eye on is Nooney Murray, also known as Naquan Murray. He's former Florida State Seminole. He was a great slot receiver at Florida State. Didn't really come to par, but he will get that eight um not Adrian Foster. Who was the yeah, was it Adrian Foster? Uh, he played both Columbus and Jacksonville last year. I want to say you're right. I think. Uh, that it's uh, – no, Jamar Ford Fortson. There we go. Jamar Fortson. He, he'll okay. get that type of yeah, ability. Um, but Jackson, Jackson's making some interesting uh, signings. The one that got me that made me go, ooh, okay, Jackson ain't messing around. It's when they signed Anthony Johnson, uh, linebacker. Uh, he played for the Seattle Dragons, maybe one of the best helmets ever made in uh, alternative football still. Oh, so slick. <laughs> uh, so slick. I, I still love that helmet uh, to this day. Um, but our Anthony Johnson, I think, in my opinion, is he I, he's not going to replace. Well, he has he's going to replace Zach Brown because Zach Brown plays in Carolina now. Um, but he he's a guy that you for Jacksonville fans. I just want to give you a heads up. Um, if he's legit, he's not going to be on the roster for long, uh, meaning he's going to go to another league, possibly bigger USFL. Or if he does make USFL, does the USFL and comes back for another year for the next year in 2023, XFL might be calling. Mm-hmm. Um, he's that type of player. Uh, that's a good signing for Jacksonville that I like. But the ones I want to go down to, and I hate this organization, 
because there are rivals, and that's the rivals down Orlando. They were Orlando Predators. I'm, I don't hate you guys because of what's going on. I, I support what you guys have been doing. Uh, the jungle is back. I want to say that they've would, impressed would, me. Wouldn't be sleeping on them though. I, no, the, I, no, I no like that's what I'm saying. Stuff. I look at their I look at the receiving core. I'm like I'm like okay, who they got down there that re- replaced DJ Myers? And I'm like, eh, well, there's a core. There's a guy out there that. Um, no one wants to talk about, but he kind of made a big sort of deal when he played in Columbus, and that was Lonnie Outlaw. Which I don't understand how he hasn't been announced on there yet. But yeah. The fact that he is, he's going there to Orlando. Mm-hmm. You also have Larry Beavers, who they did announce on their social, by the way. Uh, yeah, that's I, I'm fine with that. I like I like that setup at, at your receiving core. Uh, that is that's a good mix, and then they also have stocked up on the fo- getting, uh, of course, Desmond Maxwell back, who was mm-hmm. a bruiser, one of the best bruising running backs in the yeah. NAL last season. From what I could tell, they brought back their whole offensive line from last year. It looks that way too, yeah. and that looks uh, that looks that looks key because the offensive line towards the end of the year was possibly one of the best offensive lines until they met up against Columbus Lions defense well, in the Joe first Barnes round. Coming back as well, yes. That kick came uh, in strong in the second half of the season. Yeah, so perfect. One of the best uh, kickers in the NAL. Mm-hmm. Uh, and plus, he's a like he almost has a like hometown hero vibe too. Right from UCF. Now, yeah, um, and he won a couple. He, I remember early in the season, Orlando could not make a deuce, could not make a field goal. They were a laughing stock in the league because they couldn't make a field goal. They got uh, him, uh, Barnes in, and instantly they're like one of the best special teams in the league, like overnight and. He was a he was a deciding factor in a lot of games later in the year when Orlando was making that. Can we make a push for that two seed, or can we definitely secure that uh, three seed, which they did? But I look at, <laughs> I know a lot of teams out there is like, oh, well, Jackson's made signings. Can you talk about us? Um, another interesting team that's really, I look at them right now as signing is Columbus. They bring them. They pretty much bring back everybody they from last year. Almost everybody. So one far, guy, yeah. one guy went to Billings. Uh, Lonnie Outlaw did go to Orlando. Uh, but when you look at their team, they got Deloach coming back. They got DeAndre Brown coming back. They have uh, Kevante Pope, Desmond Reese, and I. I just look at this or uh, Columbus team. And I go, these guys are coming back because it seems like, you know, Gibson is. Wanted his players, he's a good coach, and people want to go play for him. And absolutely, you, but you keep looking through this team and you go, they haven't had a quarterback signing yet. Well, Where's yeah, the quarterback signing? Everyone's waiting on a uh, one particular yes. Mr. Espinoza to make a decision. And, and the question is, is do we have any insights and cookies to give y'all about Mason Espinosa? No, we don't actually. Yeah, we, don't. we really don't. <laughs> yeah, like, we have nothing. <laughs> if anything, he's, he's he, there's been nothing really that can give us clear ideas on where he's going. Probably are we in open? Probably are we all over the NAL? Yeah. Honest. So, like, so yeah. are we in open communications with them? Yes, we send him a text. He answers us back within hours. Has he told us where he's going? No. Is he wanting to play football? He's given us a mixed bag of answers. So we don't know. Depending on what day. And what type of coffee he's drinking? It depends on his decision. But um, they're the only they're the only team right now that has doesn't have a signed quarterback. Um, so that means we could have a season next year that we don't have Mason Espinoza or Tommy Grady. Yeah, 
mean, so, Grady's definitely not coming back. We know, no, well, we know how Grady, that's going. <laughs> Grady's currently in Phoenix from the last thing I've heard. Um, and, yeah, and the suspension adds on to that, add yeah. that little nugget. <laughs> also, uh, speaking about suspensions and players, we're getting this transaction thing. Sure. Um, we did see report earlier this month about the Ross uh, signing with San Antonio. Um, we do have sources that have told us, eh, kind of BS, because it's not official yet. Well, but there, there's nothing on the transactions page. I yeah. know that people have reputation for saying that that is inconsistent, but like they've been pretty consistent this off season. Yes. I, and the fact it was reported, and I even if they believe I've seen Ross say that he is, but I've heard nothing of the case that's the case to have that happen. Yes. And you just recently had the owner and head coach of the San Antonio Gunslingers on our show, right? And they mentioned nothing of it. No. So no, I mean, they've been pretty they've been pretty quiet about their signings yes. anyway when they. We're talking to me. So. And when people say, well, you guys don't have any connections, like, yeah, we know Josh, we know Ron, we know Brown, we know Manas. Yeah, we basically know everybody in the league. So, yeah, okay. <laughs> so, I, I just, I don't know. Like, we, I've heard that. And you know what? Like, if it happens, I'm like, I'll be like, fine. Mm-hmm. But how does that go with what happened last year? Because basically, it was more directed towards Albany, but like, that still is a league issue of someone that is just kind of, slinging mud and then all of a sudden he would show up in a capacity on a team that would be in the same league that he was slinging mud at last year and then of course there's the issue about you know we've had reports of him of stuff stuff with merch and things like that about issues with selling t-shirts and all that that people have complained about on facebook and like i don't know how it would fly like there's nothing official so obviously i can't we can't say that's really happening there's but i would just be kind of scratching my head if they finally said it and go all right, we'll see how this plays out. You know, good, good fullback, of course, but I would still be questioning if you know how this yeah. would go. So, but if if Ross does end up back in the league, it's good because he is the. I'm saying again, he kind of stalled my graphic, but he is the all time uh, leading rusher slash touchdown uh, touchdown rush leading rusher and all time arena football rushing record or touchdown record. That's yes. him. He is a Hall of Fame period of running back in the league in his existence. If he does come back, that's good. That's I'm not I'm not against a guy. It'd be nice to watch him and talk about the games uh, with him in it. Uh, but the one thing that really it's bugged me for a couple of months now, just not the last month, is the false reports of expansion teams or false reports of signings and people buy into it and get excited about it, then they end up getting their hearts broken a couple of days later. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple of months ago we had, I don't know who it was, but it was on one of the chat boards or Reddit boards or whatever saying that the NAL is going to expand to 12 teams next year, or this year in six cities that all six of those cities that were reported to get teams. Where are they at? They, it's been like, <laughs> There's no Long Island. There's no Connecticut. Well, I can't tell you how many times I've seen Oklahoma City. I'm like, where? I'm waiting to hear anything on Oklahoma City, Nashville, New Orleans. I'm just, it's like one thing, like we've talked about this off air and we've talked this with the owners and other people associated with the league. One of the downfalls of the national, of these arena leagues is fake hope and fake anticipation. Mm-hmm. That leads to fans turning on the league or a team. 
you can look at that right now in the IFL with the Columbus Wild Dogs, I think they're called, or the Yard Dogs, or whatever. They're postponing again. Oh, that, you announce and now been, you're. Uh, that's been that, something. <laughs> yeah, you, you you get those organizations, or you get the San Antonio Valor, for instance, or the the Tampa Bay uh, Tornadoes who play in Lakeland, or the Louisville Extreme. You have these teams and organizations that they promise so much great things and they collapse. And that's what burns the league. Or you have teams and organizations that uh, get denied joining leagues, so they get mad and pout, and they start forming their own leagues. Um, it's not because of the fans' fault. It's just I just don't like when rumors spread and people believe it, and then we get we get the message that hey, what do you guys think about this? And we're like, what? That, no, there's there's no such thing that's happening. But this report. Yeah, don't trust that. That's someone just shooting crap up your behind, something like that. So, um, but yeah, it's I, I love the community. And one thing I've noticed in the off season is how the NAL community are all friends now. Like during a regular season, we're all attacking each other because we don't know this or you don't know this. Now we're everyone's all kumbaya. Yeah, I think it's gotten better. It's there, got it's gotten down. There's more calmer. people than others. Like I I asked the I made a Twitter poll recently where it's like, how do you feel about this upcoming season? And sure enough, you know, in the end, overall, it was still mostly that they were positive and saying yes mm-hmm. about the excitement of the season. There still is a good amount of mixed bagging. And I think it just comes off of like, we expected eight teams. We didn't get eight teams. Mm-hmm. And this is what we're going to have to deal with now. So like the negative, the negative voices definitely at times are much louder. Um, but there are a lot of people that are still happy, I guess, to have the league and the fact that it didn't go down. Uh, but yeah, like the criticism is a lot more harsher for smaller leagues. Like this is something I deal with with alternative football is how I label it and others label it out there. Is you have you have of course the NFL who who doesn't really criticism is criticism. Like they're that big, it doesn't matter. Chinks off, you know. CFL okay, that one at least hits, but like they still can kind of chink it away. Anything lower that hasn't proven itself, or is like a lower tier league. And I know that the NAL, as I've talked with some fans of the show, uh, David, I'm I'm, I'm listening. You're, if you're hearing me, you know who I'm talking about. You know, it's it's definitely more in the sense of a minor league kind of organization and setup. So like credit that there's that, but you know if I think about it, is in terms of who's going to grab that major league spotlight. You know, any criticism for the leagues or missteps hit much harder. So yeah. you have to be more careful. And this includes other large leagues like, say, XFL or USFL. But, like, PR is a bigger deal when you are a lesser proven product or one that's not as yeah. mainstream of a product. One of, the great, one of the things I always talk with our community and when people say, well, the NAL can't do this or the IFL can't do this or the CIF can't do this. Like, well, the Arena Football League did. They were by at one point they were by themselves. They were so good they had their own developmental league called the AF two. Oh yeah. And then, Although and so we saw it what worked. happened post bankruptcy, and that's kind of how we gotten this so far. And, and that's where and that yeah that's how we we have divisions of, of different leagues. Um, but alternate like the alternate football scene like we all covered or enjoy. Everyone when the AAF announced or XFL announced they were coming back in two thousand or in twenty twenty. The AF is like, you know, we're going to be the first ones to do it. Mm-hmm. And they jumped in 2019 and had good product on the field. You found out the San Antonio uh, commanders and that fan base was rabid. The Orlando Apollo were exciting and it was developing. Then you find out that the league wasn't funded and it shut down. And that put a lot of bad taste in people's mouths. They're like, oh, another, you know, 
in the spring league football league. And nothing's going to be like that. And everyone, even though people bash Vince McMahon, the XFL in 2000 and 2000 was actually a success. It had good fan support. Certain teams sucked because it was like a WWE vibe. It was awful at times, but still it had, it had pretty good success and it had a lot of support and a fan base that stuck with it for 20 some odd years. And, and remember, ladies and gentlemen, there's 19 years of that, that there wasn't no XFL. Um, but when the XFL came back in 2020, everyone said, oh, this is going to be the same Vince McMahon BS. The XFL in 2020 is, was a huge success. Oh, yeah. Actually, so big that Seattle, not Seattle, Seattle had the third best law audience. St. Louis was about to have over 55,000 people in the dome for their next home game. Houston was getting bigger crowds by the week. Uh, D.C. was becoming the beer snake capital. People loved spring football. The XFL was going to be a success. Then fucking, excuse my language, COVID hit. And COVID has just ruined spring leagues, NAL, IFL, CIF, Canadian Football League, all these spring leagues. It's killed it. Well, you can definitely tell, like, even even Commissioner Siegfried, so on December 6th, he was in San Antonio for the official reveal par- reveal party, or at least press pressure yeah. with, the, with, like, Hector Garcia and most of the ownership and kind of management. And one of his pieces that he mentioned in that, in that reveal was that, you know, COVID did indeed derail some of their progress, which it did. I mean, remember, this was a league, we were talking about merging with the CIF, at least in summer of 2019. Um, and then COVID, of course, comes up in the spring of 2020 and we had to cancel and then we were lucky to even get off 2021. So, you know, there's definitely been some setback. I mean, and for a league like the NAL or any arena where it's much smaller, the margins of profit or margins of at least stabilizing teams are much thinner, you know, that hits harder. So I guess that's why I'm also like this year, I'm like, we can get through 2021 and build the coffers up and then next year go hard at, adding teams or, you know, in terms of like Ron Tredico and Nate mm-hmm. Sterling and TX4, them adding teams, which, yeah. you know, we know one of them, the Rough Riders won't be, in my opinion, and we haven't, there's nothing official, but in my opinion, and from what it sounds like, they won't be here. So, but there's guarantees that they want it in 2023, no matter what. It's just that yeah. this year's a tight year. So with the whole arena. So, t- so technically, ladies and gentlemen, we have seven teams in the league. It's just one of them doesn't know if they're playing this year or next year. Well, unlike the IFL, we just don't yeah. list them on the website now because, you know, the wild dogs are as in that case. Yeah. Very much and 50-50. It, at and, this point. It, <laughs> and it's strange. It's like people say, well, I'm, the, the NAL needs to be, you know, they need to expand. Well, we started off with eight teams the year one and six of them folded. Yeah. Like, like there is some, there's some positive and some negatives of expansion. Well, and yeah, you've, you've said it though, like with us talking with owners, they've learned a lot of things going through yeah. these several years. And again, I mean, this is another year, like, you know, New Jersey's not coming back, you know, so no. they learned some things from that. And obviously we knew there was a hard chance they wouldn't come back because of how the ticket sales were and everything we saw on those broadcasts. Mm-hmm. You know, San Antonio, as you might have heard in that episode, folks that are listening, or I'll repeat it again, they broke even in a year where they were in the AAL, which we're talking AAL before they sold off. Like, yes, pretty disorganized, a group that's not really has the best reputation right now. I'm, if you're an AAL guy and you want to say it differently, feel free to tell me that. But right now, 
I'm you may not find they one. Don't have a, if you want to talk about the NAL having bad reputation, the AAL has a worse one right now. So no. they did bro- breaking even and were one of the best-selling teams in that league, and they're getting a better venue with more support yeah, than that, last that, year, better social. I like no, where they're going. So, I mean, we're at six, but that's a good sixth team to replace where the Jersey Flight are going. Well, you you got to look at San Antonio, for instance. This is where I'm going to show some, some love, um, San Antonio Gunslingers. They had the second best attendance in the AAL last year, and they played in a cow pasture. Yes. That tells you a lot about the AAL. And they, they, did, they did a championship game for their league and for two teams that was almost like an invite. Who wants to play in the championship game? Oh, I want to do. Yeah, that was yeah. his own disorganized thing. That dude, and, Jesus. At least in the NAL, we knew who what, who was going to be in the playoffs because you had to earn your way in the playoffs, and you know who's going to win the championship, and you knew that there weren't going to be teams that are going to fold in the middle of the year. Yeah. And the AL had a couple of teams do that. It's just uh, we're we're going to quit operations. And how the NAL does their expansion process, I think it's a people complain about the the expansion fees, but overall what the NAL has done is they've learned from all, actually they've learned from most of their mistakes, Louisville, Tampa Bay, uh, Baltimore, mm, kind of Jersey. Um, but we don't know totally the story about Jersey yet, uh, but they're getting into investigating owners and partnerships with organizations that they want, they look at, go, you know what? They can be here for five, 10 years because we trust their the financial side of things. Problem with a lot of these leagues, and I've mentioned it before, and I'm going to say it again. They expand too fast and prom, like bring on owners who, yeah, they might have $5 million, but that might be a loan from the government, and they actually are kind of broke. And once that $5 million, I'm talking to you, Major League Football. Is it Major League Football or and, no, the NGL? Who now changed yeah, well, their yeah, Who so, changed major, their name? NGL is <laughs> Jesus. I mean, yeah. To, to shout out a good guy, Don, uh, Duke Con Williams, there with his arena football statement at, at YouTube. Him, of course, going on a rant with the NGL. Yeah, that's under that's understandable because yeah. they. You want to talk about a bad name on the on our sport? <laughs> that one definitely. Is. Yeah, but the problem with this is, in the it, we've talked to multiple owners in our league, and they've said that there are a lot of those people in the National Arena League. Or not nationally, a lot of those people in arena football, period. Mm-hmm. And the problem is, is these leagues look at all the, you know, oh, wow, we can add this team in this market. And then you get that team, you go, well, they, they're pretty worthless. They don't do anything. It's because, A, they're broke. And because their loan is not their only income, that's their only money they got. So, because honestly, this offseason, we've seen an investigation in the San Antonio Valor. The, the the logo was taken without permission, or the you know the check bounce, and then you had if other football team and Louisville Extreme have a thirty thousand dollars they owed the former t- ownership of the field. Um, the problem is is that arena football is such a divided sport that even leagues that can't trust owners they don't want to expand, and the teams that don't that get denied want to go play their own football in their own league. Like it's just very yeah. distracting and very disturbing how. People complain about expansion and why we're not expanding fast in the National Arena League. That's the reason why. There's not a lot of organizations you can trust out there now. Right. Or you need to, you need, like the fragmentation, like you're talking, that, that yeah. bugs me. I mean, look, look guys, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be frank. You know, I know I just dissed on the AAL. 
their their social's nice. I'll give it that. They're trying to change that image, so I'm not gonna go farther. But I mean, the one that really irks me is the APFL, Arena Professional Football League, because if you haven't figured that out yet, it was basically the Charlotte Thunder just said we're gonna make our own league and do it our way, which to me is like is like one of the biggest problems with this with the indoor scene is like why are we making another league? Like I can we just get along and like get the, and at least make this work out. I'm not going to play ball with you. I'm taking my ball and going to play on another court. Like that one bugs me because basically it's just a team that said, I'm going to make my own league. I'm like, I'm sitting here going, why there was no way you could work this out with someone else or anything. Like I, that one made me kind of just like grab my hair and go, Oh, you're killing me. And you know what? We'll see how that goes. But to me, I'm like, that should be a team that's joining either yeah. the NAL or, as I, much as I would hate to say it, tough out another season and join the AAL or something. But they want to do their own thing. Yep. And that's how and, it goes. And there's a, like the, what was it, the Warbirds? At one point, they were just an independent football well, team that you, played. Yeah, now you got the Lone Star Series. Yeah, you got league, that. Which is the yeah. AFA, which is two of its main teams were former CIF teams. Yeah, so. it because they were the CIF South Division mm-hmm. at one point. Um. It's just, yes, we know everyone's complaining about expansion. And I'm just going to say, I'd rather have six teams that are committed that I know that are going to be here for longer than, you know, a few seasons. For instance, Carolina, this is Carolina's fourth season with the NAL. That's great. Orlando's third season with the NAL. That's also Columbus Columbus's sixth season. They were, one, I mean, they're one of the OG teams. So, like, I think it's us in Jacksonville or Jacksonville Columbus is six. I think six. Lee started, started in 2017. It was formulated in 2016. So, it's five. Yes. So, five going on four, six yeah, season. Yeah. Four, season four was last year. It would be the f- fifth year. So, this, so, yeah, so it's, season five with six years being active. Is so, so, Carolina, Columbus, and Jacksonville have already shown consistency that they can run their operations and have football guaranteed for their fans and their community the next year. This is year two for the Albany Empire in the NAL, but also I think year five or six as an organization because they played in the old AFL. Mm -hmm. This is San Antonio's second season as a franchise or third season. No, their third season. This is their first year in the NAL. These teams have, have history of having operations. Expansion teams just can't happen overnight. Like we've seen expansion teams pop up to think they can do everything. Like we're going to do it our way. This is what we're going to do. We're going to join the league. We've seen that. We saw Baltimore try that, the Tampa Bay Tornadoes and Louisville Extreme. They all, all three failed miserably. You don't need that type of organization. Yes, the ownerships in the community, the ownerships, you know, promise you great things, make it, you know, nice. Like Walter from the Jeff Dunn stand up, sometimes you can polish turd. But it's still a turd. No matter how shiny it is, it's still crap. Um, the NAL, in my opinion, has done good things on uh, expansion. Yes, I know it's not as fast, but ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to tell you right now, and Zach will agree, our connections with the league, there's some things that we want to say and talk about and let you guys know, but we have can't say shit. Really, can't. Yeah. I just want to say, let's enjoy the six-team six season. Let's enjoy this year's coming up because um, I – the NAL has owners and it has a league that really they have, they know what they're doing. And yes, I know we don't have the 13 teams like the IFL does, but you look at the IFL, how many of those teams can actually succeed by themselves in another league without the IFLs or excuse me, the or Arizona Rattlers uh, uh, holding the checkbook uh, can survive out, out there. So um, the NAL is a good position and yes, 
I know people are complaining about six teams, but we did it last year, folks. Like we did, we we had an eight game season with six teams last year. Yeah, there were crazy bye weeks. Some some weeks there was only one game, but I expect have three games each Saturday or each Friday night. You know, it's gonna be fun with the bye weeks and all, of course. But you know, it's just expansion is always someone's mind, but that doesn't stop the league from expanding during the year. We could get announcements in the middle of the year of uh, West Virginia's coming back in 2023 or, hey, welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the new team. We have this ex- exciting team in Illinois that's joining. Like, okay, they can make announcements. Expansion doesn't have to happen every offseason. They can make an announcement during the regular season. Um, it can happen. Mm. But it's just don't rush on expansion. Find teams or teams that are willing to spend the money, sell the product, get the community involved and get fans in the stands and have a building that you can play a game in that's suitable. Like honestly, the Tampa Bay tornadoes, when they wanted to join the NAL wanted to play, I know I just took a shot at Greensboro, uh, not Greensboro, but shot at Arizona, um, San Antonio with the cow pasture from last year. That's right. what they were going to try to play in, in the NAL. Like that's not that's not gonna last. Like how in hell are you gonna do deuces in the NA uh, in the NL in the cow pasture? Um, right. you, but you, it's a higher level, so you need to execute yes. and look more professional in that way. You know, especially getting as you get longer into the tenure of the league existing, yeah. it needs to be fle- fleshed out, which they've been getting better at. And also, and 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 yes, we got six teams, but five of them we already know that they're traditional. We already know they're NAL teams. When people think of these teams, they know it's NAL, San Antonio, Columbus, Orlando, Jacksonville, and Albany. Traditional team. We know them. Six weeks or six teams, full season, no COVID restrictions, more fans in the stands, more money in the league, more money to the players, hopefully. More money, more stability. Then you go, you know what? Let's start moving. Let's start advancing more. COVID has ended a lot of expansion. COVID has ended a lot of leagues. And also COVID has killed a couple of teams. Not mm-hmm. actually killed, but they had to fold. I'm fine with six teams. We just came for out of a pandemic. I'm fine with six teams. Let's so let's grow. Saying, just build the coffers up. And again, there's mm-hmm. I mean, for the people that we that we've talked to her and ones that are handling at least West Virginia and stuff like that, you know, if the, if the track record shows anything, they'll execute on it. Like 2023, mm-hmm. especially for West Virginia, if they can't, if they can't get done, nothing official, but like it's looking that way. They won't be here this year. Mm-hmm. They'll get it done next year. I highly suspect they are heavily dedicated to this league. And then the hope is we get to eight. Yep. And I, I I heavily think that we will next year just because you'll have a full year of building up rather than trying to get through. There's a difference yeah. there. Like this offseason was more of what we, what we need to do to help our bottom dollar. Next offseason is like what we need to do to, you know, get get more of an outreach. That's the mindset for the NAL. But speaking about 2022, before we close out the show, yes. um. People are already talking about on Twitter and on Facebook about schedules, the schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, want, want to do a little – we can do a prediction here. We can do it on Twitter and see who's more accurate at the beginning of week one. Who do you think the week one matchups are? Yeah, sure. Um, I'll tell you what, just off the top of my head, 
I think you're going to see week one, and I'm going to go based off last year where it wasn't everyone was playing week one. Um, I think you're going to have Jacksonville and Orlando. Might as well kick it off with, uh, you know, a, a more getting more established rivalry because last year, by the way, those games were good, good attendance, and I think that would be a great way to start things out wherever city you're in, whether it's in the Shark Tank or in the jungle. And then I think you have, uh, I think Albany takes on San Antonio kick things off. And I think you maybe open that up as a home game for San Antonio to start the year. Hmm. Okay. So, so you have Columbus and Carolina with a bye week. Yes, that is what I think. I think, I think week one, they will have an extra week off, but I think in terms of getting established once more with say Orlando's fan base, which has grown last year and I, they hope to explore to help it expand again this year. Mm-hmm. I think, I think you start at where well, you did last season where you'll have, Orlando go to the Shark Tank early in the year, and so that'll be my week one matchup for them. And then you have San Antonio just to get things off the ground running, build up that week one action, advertise it locally. You bring the championship Albany Empire to your house to add more fanfare. Hmm. That's how I'd do it. All right. Well, not so fast, my friend. Okay. Well, what do <laughs> I you think? Got? I think all three, all, I think week one is everyone plays. Okay. Everybody um, plays. All yes. Right. And, my thing is I don't think bye weeks happen until like week five. Fair and enough. that's when and that's when you start getting your bye weeks. So you get all your bye weeks between like week five and week ten. So the first five weeks you have games all the time and the last four weeks wherever you have games. So it's always games and you're all bye weeks are in the middle. You can do the only reason why they did that crazy schedule last year is because of the short season, how quick they need to get everything done. Right, right. I understand that. I think though you know, highlight two big shebangs yeah. is how I see it. Now, that's not saying that, you know, Carolina and, and Columbus aren't, but, mm-hmm. like, highlight new teams or up-and-coming ones that, you know, got out of ruts from their previous ownership yeah. and they're trying to keep that momentum going. That's why I say that. Yeah, my uh, – I had the same feel that you think about certain games, but I don't think it would be that early between Jacksonville and, and um, Orlando. Okay. Um. I think the one of the games will be the rematch of the Arena Bowl or shit, the National Arena League Championship. <laughs> Stop game. saying it. We're not the AFL. Yeah, we're not the <laughs> Arena Bowl. Um, I think uh, this time the the kick off the season, the Albany Empire will raise their banner of the 2021 NAL Championship as they host the Columbus Lions to kick oh, it off. That would be a good Week One one to do again, just like last year though. And just like last year, like keep it, keep it like last year. Um, the other game is San Antonio, not San, excuse me. Uh, the other game would be the Carolina Cobras traveling to the Orlando Predators okay. to, uh, again, Orlando gets in the home game, but, or, uh, but the Cobras in Orlando, that was a playoff play in game technically, uh, last year. And you get Amway arena, pack that building out. And mm-hmm. of course you get the up and coming, I guarantee the new hotshot team and the, Orlando, or excuse me, the Carolina Cobras, because I guarantee, based on the based on the rosters right now, when we do our preseason predictions, I guarantee you Carolina will be up there in the rank in the standings, uh, in the rankings because of who they have. And the the big one is Jacksonville travels to San Antonio for San Antonio's first home game. I mean, that's another big draw. I wouldn't mind seeing that again. I think you need to send in San Antonio's first game a big t- a titan of the league. So. Jacksonville fits, and really Jacksonville, Columbus, or uh, Albany. Albany. But I think 
really, I think Jacksonville or Albany are more ideal in terms of even larger reaches. Like Columbus is massive in the league scope for sure, but Jacksonville and Albany have been names that were ex AFL as well, mm-hmm. and I think that would help. So sending one of those two makes sense. So like, and also and the, on a similar page. <laughs> yeah, and also the YouTube numbers would be higher with a Jacksonville team because when Correct. Jacksonville when Jacksonville is on YouTube and you you're constantly watching who's watching, they're they're getting about 900 views at a single time during a game. And that's because Jacksonville. When you look at Albany it's around like 400 and you look at Orlando it's around 600 and when Columbus is on the road they're about around around 500, but Jacksonville. If you look at the numbers on YouTube, they're still the draw of the league because they also put 8,000, 10,000 fans in the arena every home game. So it's for the National Arena League to look good for a new team. You have San Antonio, where they're playing in the was it the Freedom Coliseum in there in San Antonio? Yes, uh, that's, that's Free, a, that, Freeman. 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 Why did I say Freedom? Um, anyways, it's Texas. Everything bigger Texas. Uh, that's where the old. I think the old San Antonio Spurs used to play there back in the day. I believe you're right. Uh, so you're right. <laughs> um, it'd be a the kickoff of their new season. Uh, and their new building. Well, te- they're where they're playing the new building. It's still that's an old. That's a, a historic uh land uh, landmark in San Antonio. Um, I think the Sharks there with their the history of the Arena League. Uh, people especially. If people are down there in San Antonio still remember the Talons, they'll remember the Jacksonville Sharks. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that'll be a matchup, and I agree with you. It, it needs to be either Albany or San Antonio to open up down in San Antonio. And I'm time to type of the person where if Albany opens up on the road in San Antonio, uh, they need to end the season at home against San Antonio. Uh, same with Jacksonville. Like mm-hmm. we opened up there, and now you come to us at the end of the year. Um, cause it most likely we're playing everybody twice a year. You might play a team more than twice a year, but hopefully that's that local type of, you know, road trip. Sure. So San Antonio's honestly, San Antonio's a little closer to Columbus and Albany is closer to Carolina. So crap, that is Jacksonville and Orlando playing four times. Um, okay. Bring it on the jungle. You little stupid aliens. Um, but, uh, <laughs> Yeah, I think I think, it, but honestly, the, that Columbus and Albany matchup I think will be key because that's the rematch of the championship last year. And again, it could be a year where there's no Mason Espinoza and no Tommy Grady, and it also could be a Mason Espinoza uh, Columbus line team. Is this the year that they Mason gets it done and brings home the trophy to the Columbus? So I think it'd be interesting storylines if it happens. Again, ladies and gentlemen, this is not this is not official, but these are just our week one observations. But uh, I can't believe you took Columbus out. The uh, Columbus I, bye week would be. I'm just thinking that you have it early set up where you highlight just you focus on two big matchups, and this isn't a this isn't a space where they the league's own socials re kind of flip around, yeah, and start focusing on highlighting games more in advance and build up. So that's why I'm saying it like that. Now, again, I think that option of maybe a rematch of the, of, you know, the NAL championship from last season. Great. And then you throw Jacksonville over San Antonio. Awesome. Now so a game I don't want to see right off the bat. Like literally, I don't want to see Orlando Jacksonville off the bat, especially if they play you, three you, times. So I don't you, want it right off the bat. do not want to see that open the season. No, I don't want to, because I want to, I want if, if we find a way to get traditional rivals on a team or on that, excuse me, on in the league, 
trying to build up that rivalry till they face each other. Don't like, hey, it's yeah, a lot of rivalries, especially in college, they, they play week one. It happens like Colorado, Colorado State play each other like week one or week two. You don't need mm-hmm. to build up for that. But you don't play Michigan, Ohio State, Ohio State week one for a reason because sure. you build it up. Now, I don't mind Jacksonville playing San Antonio or Carolina or Columbus week one. Um, but honestly, even though Columbus is our NAL rival, Orlando has always been our bigger rival for multiple years, especially in the Arena League, our AFL. Um, but I won't mind seeing Santa, uh, Albany. But one thing I do like want to see is honestly, I'm looking forward to see what San Antonio brings to the table via their fan base. And if they bring a fan base, you could turn on the YouTube screen and go, wow, I, I can only see three or four, maybe 5,000 fans there. And I'd be like, you know what? No matter what sport it is or what football league it is in San Antonio, San Antonio supports their football teams. Sure. And well, they've been and, wanting the city wants this too. I mean, they, they have the, they have the commit, they have their own uh, chamber of commerce helping support this team. At least there, there's a sponsorship piece on their website. So the city, San Antonio wants this team to work. Yeah. They want football. So you know? that, I bring like bring a marquee team in there and bring the defending champions or bring a historical three time champion, Jacksonville sharks there. Um, you need to San Antonio needs to open the season home the week one, maybe two first two weeks. Like you need to establish a fan base in that city. Um, they did that with the Jersey flight last year, but COVID restrictions and poor advertisement killed that um, type of hype. But still, I think San Antonio needs to open the season with two straight home games. I don't mm-hmm. care who they play. They could back to back Albany and Jacksonville. It could benefit them. May not. Um, but you need to see what you need to put the best product that NAL can provide in San Antonio for week one and week two. So the fans and that organization can get fans in the stands and see the game. And hey, if they win early, helps them out where we're talking about competitive football games in, you know, in June about playoffs in late July, early August. So that's our goal. And I think San Antonio is. And one thing I did hate last year that I can't stand any league that does this. Um, they'll have back-to-back road games in a bye week. Like, yeah. that can kill a fan base, like, four weeks away from your arena. Like, yeah, I think, the, I think the spread needs to be better for for this season. Um, I especially think with you having a new fan base or a new fan base in the NAL is with San mm-hmm. Antonio, you want to make sure that that's divvied up a lot more evenly. Yeah. Um, you don't Because you don't want that interest to wane. For that first year, correct. Like Orlando, okay, we can probably get away with that now after last season, at least. And you can um, get away with that in Jacksonville. Right. So. And the rest of the organizations, you can get away with that now too, because they have established bases. But what like, killed Jersey is that they had three home games in the first half of the season, and they were all on the road at the end of the year. Right. Well, they had that, like the end of the year, on three games. That's that's terrible. That didn't help. The COVID restrictions didn't help. So like that's fair. I think that that's a lesson you can take and. You know, with more open restriction, Texas, mm-hmm. you know, as we know, definitely does not have have that for the most part. Oh, um, no. That we are aware. Oh, yeah, I don't know anything in San Antonio that is, and I don't think they will by then um, if they were. But yeah, like that's a lesson you can take from last year, and like let's evenly just dist- as best you can evenly distribute, especially for the gunslingers to give them a more ch- a chance that's more, especially if they become a playoff team, like. I don't know about you, but fans will come out for a playoff implications type of matchup more so if that's available at the end of the season. Yeah, of course. If it's like week 12 or week 13 and there may be a game out of the playoffs or even 
even a chance if they're a shocker, maybe a team trying to get that two seed, possibly the number one seed. You want fans in the stands. To take a to take a phrase or a term that is used so much to talk about CFL in one of my other shows, the NAL and other arena leagues, they're gate driven leagues. They're seat they're butts and seat leagues. You know? The mm-hmm. YouTube aspect, as much as I've you and I have talked about broadcast quality in the past, that's not what's making them the bread and butter. It's the tickets to go to these games and to buy vendor type of elements, like say like drinks and snacks and such, and interact with the players and do stuff like that. So you want to be able to build that and not have to lose that interest over like a three or four game road span. You know, that's why it's best to do that. And again, playoffs, people will spend mm-hmm. more and will come out more to support that way if you're and, in that conversation. And also one thing that I think the league can can really help San Antonio is the help expenses. Sometimes, like especially if, let's say, like week five or week six, whatever, during the season, they travel to Jacksonville. Yeah. Let them have another road game the next week and they can stay in Jacksonville or whatever. Then they can just practice anywhere in Jacksonville or anywhere in the city or where, and they play in Orlando that weekend. So they don't have to fly back to San Antonio. So yeah, they stay I mean, in the possible. area and have like, because cause they're going to have travel issues to Albany. That's a that's a hell of a flight but that's they can maybe by then you can fly direct from albany to san antonio but but use the benefit of them coming in especially in florida where you have three teams within you know 500 miles and what one's in georgia but still it'd be stupid to drop fly all the way back to san antonio then fly back to florida when you were just there four days ago no doubt about it you want to have you want to be able to keep them stable you want to have them pass this year and especially if the league wants to now start to move westward at a more controlled pace you know we're not talking mm-hmm. ontario california anymore which i found that funny someone actually asked if they were still around and i just i had a good laugh at that um but yeah where, where they've been living where they've been living under a rock yeah well unfortunately well some people unfortunately but yeah i mean if you want controlled westward expansion you want this to work because it's a more middle ground in texas and then you can maybe move up north in the midwest areas you know Start building that. Oh, that, that this might, is all long term. Yeah, yeah, but that also may attract like Al Marillo to get away from the Texas series. It's like you know what, but the NAL's doing. That, but they're forming that league. I, I can't see that happening. Is the thing you know? Yeah, true. I, but I maybe that, like maybe like a CIF team like the Omaha Beef. I guess. <laughs> I mean, that would be that be that'd be hard. I don't know. I would say that's I another say founding just, team for the league. So yeah, that ain't yeah, gonna happen. As, as it says in the name, National Arena League. You have mm-hmm. to start at some point. You're going to have to be national again. It's about building the coffers up this year and start to see what you can get in expansion and start moving more, you know, and San Antonio is kind of a planned area that is to hopefully grow that. So like, you know, they, the, that's the league thinking of strategy of how do we get bigger too, and maybe attract others. So yeah, yeah the, the schedule is going to be crucial to how this, how this year goes with like keeping things consistent you know, and trying to do the same as they did last year in the AL. Well, and the ownership group has already told us in San Antonio that they're going to put money in advertisements. They're going to be broadcasting this team. This is not going to be in New Jersey. Like, we got a football team over here. What? We got a football team over here. Well, and I also expect, like, say, like, Albany or, like, even maybe San Antonio. Like, Albany back in the AFL had a CW connection to go on Mm -hmm. TV. Now, last year they had to rush back. I suspect that they are working to maybe talk with CW there locally in Albany. 
yeah. to do that. Or like why, San like Antonio, people, I feel like you could do that too. You know, the reason why people says why Jacksonville's uh, coverage is so good, it's because it's live television, local television. Correct. There's a it's, it's, on, it's on there in Jacksonville. Yeah, it, it's literally done by a TV crew and they actually legit channel here in jacksonville and if that's albany like you can tell like jersey had good had good coverage but they weren't it was the camera quality and and columbus internet stream yeah and columbus from what we've heard from our good friend is that that issue will be no issue this year because apparently the arena Exactly. So from what, yeah, they're, they're making upgrades. They're going to 5G, ladies and gentlemen. They're getting away from dial-ups. So Beautiful. that's a good problem. That's a good thing. <laughs> um, I always bash Josh. It's like, geez, can you guys like spend an extra 10 bucks to get at least DSL? Come on. I'm tired of this dial-up. Um, joking, Josh. Don't don't go furious on me. I, I just came back to the podcast. I've been away for a month. Um, but also, uh, I just want to say um, for the NAL fans and for the people that were associated with our fancy football league, um in the nal i need to be acknowledged sir like i am the number one seed in the league yes i'm 10 and 4 playoff start Uh, yes i'm the number i'm the albany empire in the nal (laughs) fancy football league i'm the number one seed yeah you're doing fantastic i am 2 and 11 so uh well i played josh in the first round and then the first two times i played josh i beat him by 50 points each time well good for you i'll have an early off season (laughs) Okay. Well, you're the I, constellation bracket, man. So that's good. Oh, I'm still not going to make it. my. I'm two and eleven. I have been struggle bussing for so long at this point. I, I well, he, he, well, here's the thing. Lamar Jackson is out, so hopefully he's not out too long. He's my starting quarterback, and it doesn't help when Derrick Henry in my other leagues goes down. And I had Derrick Henry go out, gone. I also had Baker Mayfield in one of my leagues gone, and I had I want to say. Stefan Diggs go out for COVID one week. I had like four guys on IL on the on one week, and I'm like, great, yeah, this season's over. And then I go look at the standings two day two weeks later. I'm like, I'm nine and three. How in the hell is this possible? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so overall, uh, we've been talking for an hour. So that just tells you how long I've been gone. A lot of stuff is like if I've been on every episode, we would have talked about these episodes throughout. So. Um, I want to say I'm, I'm glad to be back, and I want to say thank you, fans, for listening to us. Uh, over 800 downloads. Um, thank you for San Antonio and Texas fans that have downloaded our uh, Zach's uh, show, uh, when the, the Gunslingers, like we told you, ladies and gentlemen, I wish I was there. Uh, when the expansion team was announced, we will get the owner of the team on the on the show we didn't expect to get the owner and the head coach so As that was we got that done so and we promised to get that done and remember if we report it it's factual so if you see reports out there players signing that you don't recognize the website or don't recognize the person don't be afraid to ask me or zach message us uh we'll give you a yay or nay or we'll look into it um, but overall, if you want real information about the National Arena League, um, remember you can find them at National. Oh, right, that's right. They're not on Twitter. Uh, they got suspended. Um, Get it figured damn out, it. Guys. <laughs> yeah. Um, you can reach us um, personally through our Facebook or our Twitter account. And also to the, our new followers, uh, we're getting some high school coaches, we're getting some players. I just want to say that uh, next season we will have a video broadcast constantly. Uh, we do have some unboxing stuff that will be coming up pretty soon. 
Uh, we've talked to guys from San Antonio, Columbus, and Jacksonville, um, getting some uh, gear. Um, so we're going to have some an actual legit NAL studio. And possibly we've we've reached out and people have reached out to us about more future endeavors for the podcast. Um, so I'm looking forward to it. And I just want to say I'm glad to be back. I know this is a long episode, but um, what happens what happens when you've been gone for a month? You need to catch up on time. So um, also, everyone, I uh, hope you guys had a great Thanksgiving. Hopefully you guys had a awesome holiday season. Um, Christmas is next week. So remember, I, I like 67 inch, 72 inch screen TV, um, unlimited supply of Starbucks gift cards. Um, I don't know what Zach wants, but I need all the love, all the support. <laughs> I need to get, I need people to give me gifts so I can give gifts. Um, no, anyways, I just hope everyone has a safe and happy holiday season. Um, and honestly, I'm glad to be back and appreciate all the love and support and where I've been. And yeah, we're about to enter January. We might, we can do, let's do a show right after New Year's or right after Christmas before New Year's on and do like a, you know, New Year's kind of, we'll definitely have one December 30th, but if you're continuing the same schedule, so. Oh yeah, that's right. Every two weeks. That's good. (laughs) It's been a while since you've been back. So you you get back on the schedule, but yeah, no, December 30th, we'll have a show like 5,000 years later. Uh, but yeah, uh, I just want to say, uh, be safe, have a happy holiday season, spend time with your family and friends and be kind with your postal employees, especially your mailmans. And don't file a complaint that the boxes are dent because 99.9% of the time, it's not the mail carrier's fault, please. And please don't use UPS or USPS to search your adult toys. I do not want to grab things. I don't want to grab, but anyways, have a happy holidays. Uh, Spoil your kids if you have kids. Spend time with your loved ones. Uh, Don't get engaged with people that you don't get engaged to. You know, the same old things because you want to make people happy. Um, But besides from that, yeah, um, happy holidays, folks. Be safe. Hey, don't forget one thing, though, Jim. It's been a while, but you you still got to do your bit. Remember one thing. Oh, Shady's back, baby. Yeah. (laughs) See you later. (laughs) 